We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Great spot here tonight. I really like this spot for Max Muncy. You see that wall before him at 391. Nice ISO at 268. A lot of hard contact at 44%. It also hits fastballs extremely well. And Hernandez been using that pitch 60% of the time against left-handed hitters. 447 Woba and a 322 ISO for Max Muncy against fastballs. Not only that, Hernandez really been struggling with lefties. You see that Woba allowed at 410. Again, this is not the team you want to struggle with against lefties. We saw them score a million runs last night. I think they're in another great spot here tonight. They will be popular, no doubt. But lock them into your cash games. And I'm still going to build me some tournament stacks with the Dodgers. And Max Muncy going to be a big part of that at 3,700. Who else is going to be a part of that stack? Outfielder Jock Peterson, 3,200. And, of course, you can go back to the well on Bellinger if you can afford him. We had him yesterday, did us well. But I'm going to go with Jock Peterson in this spot. 285 ISO against righties, 376 Woba, 45% hard contact rate. And Hernandez, we talked about the wall rollout, but on pace to give up a ton of home runs as well. We don't have a huge sample size on him this season, but giving up almost three home runs per nine innings to left-handed hitters. And what do we know about the Dodgers? Very left-handed heavy here. Muncy, Bellinger, Seager, Peterson. So go right back to the well here on the Dodgers. Hernandez, some more numbers for you if you're on the fence. FIP against lefties, 7.5. 5.87 xFIP and those home runs we talked about almost three home runs per nine innings a 25% home run to fly ball rate not good the Dodgers in a great spot here tonight but I love Jock Peterson to call the home run here at just 3,200 all right let's stay in the outfield let's get you some value under 3,000 with Adam Duvall 2,800 if you are a longtime supporter of the fantasy bar you know I love me some Adam Duvall so great getting him back here in the fantasy bar, and I think he'll really be off the radar here tonight. The box scores have not been great after a hot start after he resurfaced here with Atlanta, but he is off to a hot start against left-handed pitching, 400 ISO and a 475 Woba. I know it's a very limited sample, but we have some solid career numbers as well. Duvall, 223 career ISO for him. And Steven Matt's been better of late, but still a guy I'm not afraid to load up against. Gives up a lot of hard contact. You see almost 40%. A Woba approaching 350. An ISO over 200. The ball gives you a cheap home run here tonight at 2,800. All right, we're on Fando. We only need one pitcher. I know Kershaw's on the top. 12,000's a lot to pay. We're going to go down to the mid-range with Marco Gonzalez, 7,700. 
It's been very, very solid here lately. Averaging over 35 FanDuel points a game over the last four, and that was a, had a nine in there, you know, against a tough Houston Astros team. So the numbers should be even bigger. In fact, the last time he matched up with this Detroit Tigers team, second highest output on the season for him with 52 FanDuel points, eight strikeouts in that game. And the Tigers, we know, very punchless lineup, strike out a ton against left-handed pitching, sixth highest rate in the league at over 25 we saw a lot of runs in that game yesterday. Matthew Boyd did not do us well. Marco Gonzalez going to turn things around for us here tonight against the Tigers at 7,700. All right, it's beast time. But before we get to my favorite play, guys, I want to know who your favorite play is. Who's your top play on the slate? Who's your beast of the night? Get in the comment section and let me know. While you're there on YouTube, I need a couple things for you guys. Subscribe to the channel. And if you enjoy your time here in the Fantasy Bar, very simple. Click that thumbs up button, guys. That's the tip jar here in the Fantasy Bar, and I greatly appreciate it. Now, take a look at my favorite play. You know him as the Beast of the Night. All right, Beast time. We liked Marco Gonzalez. I also love the bats behind him. We're going to go with first baseman Daniel Vogelbach, 3,900. Tonight's Beast of the Night. So another guy, people that look at box scores and that's all they really pay attention to, this one will stay off the radar for that reason. It's not been doing much lately, but this guy does lead the Mariners in both ISO and Woba against right-handed pitching. And look at the other side of the plate, and I've got two words for you. Edwin Jackson taking the hill here. So a little Degeneration X shout out there for the wrestling fans. But Edwin Jackson, absolutely terrible. 395 Woba, 269 ISO allowed, and almost a 40% hard contact rate. Seattle, another team I want a lot of exposure to. But Daniel Vogelbach, going to be a staple and a rock of my lineups here tonight. Easily my favorite play on Fandle in tonight's beast of the night. All right, guys, that'll do it here for Wednesday in the Fantasy Bar. Any comments, questions, feedback, hit me up in the comments section right below the video. And also follow me on Twitter. At BeermakersFan for RotoGrinders.com. I am Beer Sansalu. Best of luck here tonight, guys. We'll clean up the bar tomorrow. We'll be back on Friday with six more plays for you. Good luck. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
is going on, Roto-Grinders? Dean here at Dean7904 if you want to get all technical. I mean, it's 5 o'clock on the dot on the East Coast, 2 o'clock as far as the West Coast, 4 o'clock Tennessee time. It's, of course, but it's time for the flagship show here at Roto-Grinders. It is called It's Called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today on hump day of all days, it's one Pepsi 7. Pepsi, how, uh, how's Wednesday treating you? Yeah, so, so good. Another beautiful day here. Enjoying our last few weeks of summer, I guess, before fall and football season hits us. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. This slate, though, is uh, six-gamer. Not all that interesting, to be be, be, um, be totally truthful here, but um, it is in the fact that nothing really stands out. It's like I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my lineups, and here it is already, you know, 5 o'clock Eastern time. But uh, sometimes it's better to just talk it out. You feel a little better, make your lineups out. Yeah, uh, you know, 15 games today, nine, of course, earlier on the early slate or the midday slate, depending on how you're looking at it, depending on what site you're playing on. But uh, it's a six-gamer tonight. And I know Fantasy Draft sponsors this show, Pepsi, but you know who might sponsor the slate? Poopery. You're not looking at the video. <laughs> I'm looking. I have no idea what that is. I just really, what are we doing here, Dean? <laughs> this is a callback to uh, we were talking about it in chat the other day. After the show, I was kind of lurking in chat, and somehow Poopery came up and yeah, there you go. Google, do they not have that in Canada? Are you aware of a poopery? Is that a thing? Or you're, I mean, what was that that you held up? It looked like cologne or something. Is that your cologne? Well, no, it's not. It's not a cologne. It's a. It's a, I think you spray before you you go. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. That's a great idea. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> we just acquired a new sponsor. You know what I love is I love those plug-in ones. They have one of those in my bathroom that go off every few minutes, that nice little spray. I, I like that. I think that's a great idea, too. But uh, I, I, I Not to cut you off, but I, I spent a few days with you in your house, and those aren't working as well as you think they are. Just, just a heads up. <laughs> you got it second behind somebody. and <laughs> Those are just as good behind the instead of the spray before you go or after you go. If they, those work really well. They keep it smelling fresh all the time. Yeah, this is the things we're talking about in a six-game slate. Well, the things you brought up, Dean. This is all on you. Don't don't put me in this. This is not a we thing. No, what, what's with the poopery? What, what, what By guys... association, man, you are guilty. You're a part of this, man. This oh, is... boy. I knew you'd take me down with you. And the chat's all over because, again, we had a previous callback. You, you weren't around. I don't think it was. Every once in a while after our show, so I'll stick around and talk to the chat. Of course, the Rotor Runners chat I'm talking about, not to, I mean, I just don't – I had not ventured over to YouTube. I will soon enough. Pepsi, if you ventured over to YouTube, you guys are out there uh, – Thanks for watching. Feel free to like and subscribe. Pepsi, have you have you ventured in the YouTube chat just yet? I did it at one point, and I can't remember exactly what the show was, but I was checking out. Maybe it was you and somebody, and uh, there are a lot of mean people over there on YouTube, and I thought, I think I like the RG-friendlier chat a little more than this here. So I stuck around for maybe 50 or 20 minutes, and uh, a lot of funny comments in there, but most of them I can't repeat. So I'll stick with the RG for now, but uh, maybe the YouTube one deserves a second chance. Well, they're watching. Why are you? No, the, the, the guilty by association again, just like I'm bringing you down to the show. Uh, there's some, you know, debatable comments, I suppose, over there, but for the most part, as a collective. Yeah. YouTube is, uh, we welcome them. We appreciate their comments. And we got Blender in chat. Uh, Blender is known for his puke stacks. And yeah, Edwin Jackson, like he's a poopery potential roster tonight because you got to hold your nose. You're going to roster him. And he's uh, definitely something we're going to talk about. He was good his last time out for what it's worth. If you point to the old scoreboard, at least uh, on the surface, like he survived, but he didn't actually pitch great. If you did, you know, kind of well, dig into the numbers. Yeah. Look at those numbers and he was pretty lucky and it can happen to anybody, but uh, unlike Blender here, who says he's not going to have any Seattle stacks, I will be stacking them heavily tonight. Well, that's, uh, that, that's, what's going to kind of sort of dictate the slate and what's we, you know, it's a perfect storm for people to roster Seattle because they crushed yesterday 
And like the worst play, like one of the worst plays on the slate, like mathematically was, you know, Seager, lefty on lefty versus Boyd. And he had three yeah. homers. Uh, his third homer, by the way, didn't really go over the fence and he did some assistance from an outfielder. Yeah. Fence. And I didn't have any Seattle and it killed me in tournaments. I mean, I had a decent night still, but it was one of those things. And you and I were talking, you had a few good lineups going there too. It's one of those nights where if that ridiculousness doesn't happen, you and I might have a couple top 10 scores here. Well, the thing is, like me and Stevie were on the show yesterday and we were talking about the Dodgers and we love the Dodgers and the Dodgers crushed. And unfortunately, well, first of all, I think the Dodgers have like a 30 man bench or something like they're the only team in baseball. Like when you stack them, they actually go off. Like your stack, you know, in the ninth inning, it's all you start salivating. Oh, we might see an actual like yeah. a catcher pitching. But unfortunately, the entire team is swapped out. They have like eight guys in the bench they can swap in and out because that's what Dave Roberts does. And I understand why they do that, but uh, and, you know, I didn't – the old uh, Will Smith coming to Miami there to not piece together. I did not have Will Smith or Beatty or the guys that really crushed. Uh, I did okay yesterday, you know, did well enough, but, uh, you know, in some tournaments for sure. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's not just safe to say, hey, play the Dodgers. Got to play the right Dodgers. And the right Dodgers yesterday were mostly, what, the seven, eight guys, unfortunately. Jock Peterson, every time I roster that dude, he is going to get pinched it for without question. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty spread out, the Dodgers, too. That's the thing, is they're becoming more like the Astros. They're expensive everywhere. They're pretty spread out. You know, you got Pollock back in the lineup, too, now, and it's just one of those things where, you know, no, like you said, Will Smith's hitting the ball. Beat did a good night. I actually had exposure to, to him in one lineup, but um, it was more or less just a, a last-minute filler at a punt position there. But, uh, yeah, they're just a deep lineup. It's hard to figure it out. And, again, with all the guys going in and out, a lot of moving parts in that lineup, too, as you mentioned, especially with jock jams there, it makes it frustrating. So I had a lot of jock as well, so – to see him get the yank for the ninth inning was pretty frustrating. I didn't see them go down in order in the ninth inning with Muncie and Bellinger, too. That was, that was frustrating because I had a couple of good laps with Arizona and uh, Dodgers together. But uh, eh, don't complain about winning money. I just feel like I lost money on the table last night. Yeah, I th- Bellinger didn't get his chance against uh, – it was a Brian Holiday or something like that that came on the pitch like one one. He actually threw one pitch to Muncie, I believe, who got out. And Bellinger and the, was on deck. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, um, well, what are you going to do? And yeah, as far as Seattle tonight, you know, Edwin Jackson, they're coming off a game where they, you know, they absolutely crushed and they're cheap. And we only have a couple like actual pitchers throwing basically good pitchers that you want to actually roster. And Pepsi, as we always say, we live in the world of a salary cap and you're going to be, you know, point uh, put to a decision point for sure. Uh, and I guess that kind of gets us to our first play at the top. And that's, you know, Clayton Kershaw, who like, checks every single box here against the terrible Marlins. Uh, it's going to be a bunch of righties with a bunch of really, really impatient righties. They strike out more today as they did, a, you know, not that long ago where Miguel Rojas was in the lineup. Prado would make occasional appearances. Now Brinson's in there. who strikes out a lot. And Isan Diaz in a small sample has struck out a lot. And all the projection models have him striking out like 25 to 30% in the majors. Supposed to be a good hitter at some point, but uh, he's going to strike out plenty for sure. Uh, c- can I say, what are the chances Kershaw gets zero walks here? He's got a pitcher's umpire as well. Yeah, extreme pitchers umpire, yeah. If you look at the the plate IQ, I mean, if, you, if you fought up the plate IQ as far as the Marlins, look at the walks. Like, despite the fact how terrible they are, they just don't walk either outside of the leadoff hitter and birdie. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to like Kershaw, and I might be overweight on him because I really like Kershaw tonight, and I don't like really anything else on the slate, to be honest. It's one of those weird slates where I don't like the pitching. I don't really like the hitting either. It's kind of confusing that way, but – you know, Miami's awful versus lefties, you know. Maybe they don't strike out as much league average, as we mentioned. But, you know, in terms of ISO and Woba and WRC+, Plus, they're a bottom three team in the league. Just terrible. All they do is put their ball on the ground. Great pitching park, obviously. So, 
I think Kershaw cruises through seven innings. I still think there's a strike at frame there for him as well. And I just don't see a reason to get off him other than maybe price. But again, I don't love the bats tonight. And some of the things I like more than others are cheaper bats. Like in Seattle, we can get some value. So I'm going to try to go with that as my SP1 and make it work. As I start building lineups after the show, I, I make it less Kershaw than I think. But uh, I really love him tonight. And, and, you know, I mean, now you can step down to Aaron Nola, who is very slow numbers across the board with a higher K rate, too, overall in the season. But, I mean, I know the Cubs are a top-10 team in strikeouts, which is strange, but this is a patient, powerful team, too. And I just – I don't feel real good about Nola for some reason here. Do you like Nola more than I do? Uh, I think Nola is interesting as a pivot off, off of Kershaw. You know, he, he's cheap enough, and I think he can certainly match Kershaw or potentially even exceed him. Um, just want to note here earlier today, this is like 8.30 this morning, so things definitely have changed, but Roth, you know, chief meteorologist here at Rotogrinders, uh, yellow-orange, he has a projected for in Philadelphia, and he talks about a decent shot at a delay. Mm. So, yeah, he's going to be on crunch time later with the one cheese is good. Uh, he'll give you the most up-to-date update, and I imagine he usually updates this article around this time. Uh, going to go ahead and keep an eye on that and kind of hit the refresh button, and if you guys are in chat, feel free to, to let us know if that's been uh, – refreshed or even Devin our fabulous multitasking producer he can uh, multitask give him one more task let's be all over Ross weather update because that's going to matter a lot <laughs> if there if there's a potential rain delay in that game especially if it comes early and I don't know again this is way early maybe this is past I don't know but I want to be on top of a Ross weather update but that'll certainly affect some things and then after Nola by the way I just want to mention I did I did have it up maybe you can show it in the screen share later but we'll show a little we'll show a little quit IQ later because we have plenty of time obviously but the Marlins, how little they walk this lineup against lefties is amazing. 3.9% as a collective. Uh, that wow. is so terrible. And, you know, 5.4% for Kershaw as far as walks this season. And a pitcher's umpire, I, I really think I'd love to like bet like zero walks for Kershaw tonight, uh, which is something he can do sometimes, like, you know, as is. But So if the over-under was 0.5, you would take the? Well, I mean, I want to see what the juice is because, like, just one walk is could break you and you might have an I don't know what the situation would be where he would intentionally walk like Lewis Brinson to face a pitcher. Yeah, yeah, I guess that would count too. And and I also wanted to just add too, we mentioned that Kershaw is an extreme pitcher's umpire. So does Nola. So that certainly helps if you want to pivot off him to save a little bit of money. I believe they're the only two with an extreme matchup, with extreme pitcher's matchup here. So I just, I guess that I feel like Kershaw is so safe that I'd want more of him and play around with the bats and, and build multiple lineups with Kershaw being that safety net than I would rather going down to Nola, you know, save a little bit of money, only 19-9 here in fantasy draft, and then you, uh, you know, you get some more money for bats. But again, I don't necessarily know that I need to spend up anywhere. So I just don't want the matchup. So I think I'm just going to land on Kershaw more often than not. And somebody asked me about FanDuel as well. And just remember, guys, when I'm talking about a pitcher, you know, I know we're sponsored by fantasy draft, but I'm talking about all the sites, DraftKings, FanDuel. So, if there's something in particular, I'll, I'll talk about it. But, yeah, it's still Kershaw, number one on my list, too, for cast games on FanDuel as well. I just – I feel like he's just got some really easy innings there, you know, the most upside as well. And I just think he's so safe that – I don't know. I guess some of it is me not liking the matchup versus the Cubs. I don't want pitchers versus the Cubs in that ballpark either. But I think Noah's fine. If you can't get to Kershaw, you know, obviously Noah's next up. But I just feel like Kershaw's way ahead right now. Yeah, I mean, on FanDuel, if you're playing cash games over there, I mean, you can get Kershaw at a Mariner stack really easy. Like, that's not that hard to do. And still, yeah. uh, I mean, you can do that. Uh, and there are some cheap Mariners, too, for what it's worth. I and mean, I guess they're worth talking about as well. But 
Uh, and I, I, we agree that the hitters in the slate aren't particularly great. Like Acuna's, you know, obviously a great hitter. Trout's obviously a great hitter. But, you know, I don't know if I have to have them necessarily. Right. Maybe just kind of prioritize the arms. And if I'm playing a cash game uh, on fast draft or on DK, I might just double down, assuming we get the all clear from Roth from, with Nola uh, and just pair him with, with Kershaw and just kind of make it work. Uh, you know, just kind of like, you know, you know just kind of figure out the bats when I get there. Because uh, we're going to have the conversation now, Pepsi. Uh, who else do we like as far as pitchers? Cole Hamels, of course, next on board, uh, probably as far as talent. And this, by the way, this is the first time Cole Hamels is going back to Philly and going to be pitching in Philly since he won the World Series, like in 2008 or 2009, which really surprised me. That That is interesting. I guess he was in Texas longer than we thought. It, that is interesting. But um, I know you're all for revenge. That's not really my thing. It's been long enough. I don't think there's an issue there. Plus, they have good memories there. That's not a big deal. But the biggest concern with Hamels is the fact that this is his third start back from the IL. Uh, he didn't pitch well last time, so it's, what, 80 pitches all he's through. So, he could have a shorter leash, you know, and uh, the Phillies get pretty right-handed. Your boy Reese Hoskins leading off, which is interesting as well there. So tough ballpark, you know, um, we saw Quintana dominate them last night. So Philly can be had, but uh, I'm not expecting the same results from, from Cole Hamels. I'm, I'm basically lukewarm on him. I don't think he makes it into my player pool tonight because I feel like for $1,800 more on, uh, on fantasy draft, we can get the Nola. And I'd also rather pick the Kershaw and then drop a mid-tier arm to go to a value arm and that kind of combination. So in other words, Kershaw and Punt to me is better than Hamels in a mid-tier arm, I think. So I think Hamels can be fine, but you might see five innings out of him. I don't think he's throwing a shutout. Um, so I, I think he just misses the player pool. It's kind of a no-man's land for you today. The matchup's not great. The price point's too high, and we don't know how deep he's going to go. Yeah, I wasn't projecting. I'm not, I wasn't even suggesting a clean sheet uh, here for Hamels. But, uh, and I wasn't saying revenge either. I just thought it was interesting that he hasn't pitched there since uh, – like 10 years, which, you know, with the interleague play these days, you think they would cross paths at some point. That just didn't happen. I would, you know, make the argument, you talk about him coming back from the IL, 74 pitches, two pit, uh, two starts to go, 77, uh, you know, after that, in his last start. He was getting beat up his last start. So maybe they would have extended him a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, but he threw, what, three innings, gave up eight hits, two walks, you know, four earned runs, yeah. gave a homer. Uh, so he was, he was scuffling. He was struggling. So in theory, I think he might be able to go 85, 90 pitches if things are going well. Yeah, I can see that, but you're not going to get him over 100. You're not going to get – I mean, it would have to be perfect to go six innings, I think, here, and, and you're just not going to get anything, you know, in the seven-inning range, or I don't think the gem you know, or a high score is really in play tonight. But For the record, by the way, I did not call Quintana striking out 14 Phillies. <laughs> not on that. Good you know, for him. Yeah, uh, you know, it's interesting, too, in the chat. I, I got a question for you. Maybe maybe it's a two-part question here. Don't ask too, but don't scroll up too high because the chat's having too much fun. I don't know. Hopefully it's a recent thing in the chat, but go ahead. Yeah, it's pretty recent. I'm not seeing anything that's uh, too crazy that I can't talk about here. But Edwin Jackson is the main topic, obviously, about a lot of things here. And, you know, Blender mentioned him. I'm not stack Seattle. I mentioned I want to stack Seattle. Edwin Jackson, you know, is the worst pitcher in baseball. Yes or no? I mean, you know, it's it's he's in the bottom 5%. I really think it's not easily him as the worst pitcher. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to go through the numbers, but well, I, it's I'm, a, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm not going to argue with you and say he's the worst pitcher in baseball. How about that? I won't argue. Well, the second part of the question, because I figured you'd say yes to that. He's on, he's on the family feud board. How about that? He's on the board. I was gonna, he's the number one answer. But I was going to say, <laughs> you know, who's the second worst pitcher? That's how far ahead of the worst. Like, he's the gas can every time he pitches because – I don't know who the second worst pitcher is. And I quit. I was thinking about that this afternoon. I sat for a few minutes and thought about it. And I really couldn't come up with a guy that has been a consistent starter this year or for many years. 
that is awful and we want to hammer him every time. Edwin Jackson's been that guy for years, at least for sure this year. Who's second? I mean, that's how that's how bad he is. You know, who second is maybe uh, probably a, a, a an or oh somebody on Baltimore. Um, I don't know. It's got to be. But some of those Baltimore guys have had some gems, like Asher Wojciechowski. We thought was awful, then he threw a few gems. Now we don't know who he is. I mean, you know, who was a lot of fun a couple of years ago. I'm getting nostalgic. Was it Chris Tillman for Baltimore? That he was oh, yes. bad, right. Yeah, he had a couple of good years first before he started falling apart, though. But I'm curious to see what the chat says. Who's the second worst pitcher in baseball? I see a Drew Smiley come up. That's, oh, that's not right. Yeah, we're talking about a guy that's a gas can, a guy that you can pick on all the time. A guy's not capable of throwing a gem. You know, um, he, you know, again, he was fine last time out, and you know, uh, I, I haven't seen what Blender says. But Blender does goofy things in tournaments, like for good reasons. I, he, he's playing for the top. He's he does Ricky Bobby style. You know, if you're not first, you're last. But uh, I, I think that he probably is going to run roster some Jackson tonight just and maybe play no Mariners uh, just because that everybody else is doing the opposite. Right. And it's, it's a short slate. It's baseball. Embrace the variance. And we talked about, you know, kind of the perfect storm as far as the Mariners. It's a small slate tonight. They're cheaper than they probably should be. Uh, they kind of make things work uh, as far as everything else you want to do. Uh, coming off a big game against Boyd last night. But, like, they're not great. Like, the lineup's not good. They're not, like, plus hitters. They're okay. Uh, and, yeah, you, know, you know, they're on the road, too, and they're facing a Detroit uh, Tigers bullpen that's uh, awful. So that also helps put them in play outside of Evan Jackson. But uh, sort of just sidetrack a little bit. That's something I wanted to talk about here. And when I saw the chat buzzing about it, too, I thought for sure I got to find out. Oh, Dan Straley is a good one. That's a guy we picked on for a couple of years and definitely a guy we wanted to attack this year. I mean, he's not baseball anymore, but I guess Edwin also is awful. Uh, you want to know how terrible, not to cut you off, do you want to know how terrible Dan Straley is? Uh, the Marlins, uh, I have to get this in because I got to hit the quota as far as bashing the Marlins. But uh, the Marlins, the, the forever frugal Marlins who ne- don't give away a dime, they signed Australia in the offseason, right? And they cut him like a week or two before the season started. Well, they, I mean, when you get cut by the Marlins and the Orioles, you know you're in trouble. That's when you know, like, you know, check out, like, a, a you know, start, you know, reacquainting yourself with your family or uh, check out overseas or something like that because. You know, that's basically the end of the road. Oh, James Shields are talking about in the chat, too. Eh, he kind of bounced back near the end, too. And, I mean, Strayler's not even in the game right now. So, I guess Strayler doesn't count because he's not pitching right now. But still, that's, that's a good one for the season. I'll say this. Dan Straley, I'll take the over on a half an inning. He'll pitch a half an inning more left in his career. I'll take the over on that. I mean, is he in the minors and pitching for somebody? I don't know. The call up? I wonder. Bart Cologne, wasn't Bart Cologne signed by, like, Detroit or something like that? Didn't somebody sign him? I didn't, I didn't hear that anybody sign him, but Mark Cologne's never really been a gas can. I can't. I still can't go over the fact that he was on steroids. I mean, wh- I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I love how we we treat that so different. Like when the, oh Barry Bonds, oh screw all his records, he was on steroids, and like Mark Cologne on steroids, it was the cutest thing that he got fired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like this guy's like, how cute is that? Yeah. Speaking of steroids, by the way, I talked to you about that movie the other day. Jeez, what was it? The guy, uh, Billy Corgan, the, the guy who uh, the director. He, he's not the guy from Smashing Pumpkins. It's a different Billy Corgan who did all like the University of Miami stuff. Uh, what's the name? Of it? Screwball. Watch Screwball on Netflix if you want to learn more about like Bonds and Balco. It's A-Rod. fascinating. Um, all right. This is the kind of things we get sidetracked as far as the show, but uh, that's because I don't want to talk about the rest of the pitchers. Do you? <laughs> or the rest of the slate in general? <laughs> uh, I mean, Chris Archer, I suppose there's some K upside versus the Angels. The Angels these days. You know, are striking up more so. They, they're racing their lineup. They're kind of rolling out these days. Obviously, we know there's no Anderson Simmons. 
uh, have not seen the Angels lineup just yet. They're playing in the West Coast. I assume it's not out just yet. Do we have it or no? Fire right, up the refresh button there. Yep, yeah, we got Goodwin, Trout, Otani, Calhoun, Pujols, Fletcher, Rangifo, Bamboom, and Tovar. So we have a full lineup here. How disappointing is it that Bamboom's not a good hitter? Is that just, that's a bummer, isn't it? Well, I mean, he's got time to develop. But, yeah, I mean, he's got the major leagues. I guess he's done some things right. But um, going with Chris Archer here, I mean, I don't love the lineup. That Angels lineup does strike it a little more than what we're used to, as you mentioned here. So, And he's one of the few guys in this mid-tier that's got strike potential. Now, I'm not suggesting he's going to go six and strike out eight, but he can. And very few of these guys after him can do that ever. You know what I mean? So I guess Archer is certainly in the player pool in the mid-tier if you're a multi-entry type of person. We did skip over Marco Gonzalez who I'm a fan of, actually, and I think he's playable tonight if you're multi-entering. I mean, Detroit's awful. He's a decent pitcher in my book, so I think he's playable. But the upside is, is limited here. But he's more likely to go seven innings, give up a few runs, to strike at four or five. Uh, Archer's got more upside, but I feel like Gonzalez is a little bit safer there than, than, than Archer is, to be honest. We got a weather update. Devin's all over it in chat. Thank you, D-Train. Let's see what we have here as far as – yeah, so uh... – this is our best shot at seeing a delay, according to the Roth. It's still yellow-orange. This was updated 4.15 Central Time, so you can't do the math about six minutes ago. Uh, just check the link there in chat. But, uh, again, Roth will be all over it as far as an update on crunch time as well. But that's somewhat concerning. You know, and it always depends upon what the team's going to do, too. If they just kind of wait it out and sort of delay it before play the start. And then, like, if there's nothing there afterwards, then you're in the clear. But if they start the game in the hopes that a pop-up or whatever uh, isn't going to show up, uh, then it's tricky when your guy, obviously, your pitcher's, you know, throwing two or three or four innings or whatever it is, and they wait two hours, they probably don't come back, uh, which definitely derails things. So, again, uh, see what Roth has to say on crunch time. But uh, And I, I'm just not going to – have you read this by chance while I'm yapping here, Pepsi? Did you check this link out? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't as big a Noah as uh, maybe somewhere either. So this just pretty much puts me off him completely. I'm going to make the Kershaw thing work or just kind of fade the top two aces due to salary here. But um worries me a little bit in that maybe others will kind of join me. But going up to Kershaw, I was hoping to be overweight in him. But uh, we'll still see. I still feel like he is overpriced in general. So I'm hoping most fade him, especially in tournaments here. At this point, I think starting pitcher uh, – uh, I'm sorry, yeah – Catch games is a little too risky as far as the pitchers here in this game, according to Roth. And again, he will update this. His thoughts may change on it. Marco Gonzalez has struck people out of late, which is kind of weird. In his last two games, two of his last three, nine uh, Rays and eight Tigers that he's facing tonight. That's not necessarily his MO, but, uh, and I guess that sort of speaks to a kind of a price hike for Marco Gonzalez. This is like hurricane prices on Marco Gonzalez. Maybe it's also because it's six, six games later or something like that, but I suppose, in theory, he can straight out, strike out seven or eight more guys, so that's not necessarily what he does. Uh, he will throw, you know, he can throw 100 pitches, which is something. Yeah, and the Tigers lineup is awful. I know it's mostly right-handed, but Marco Gonzalez is pretty splitsy, pretty reverse splitsy, I should say, so that's not going to bother him. It's probably why I struck at eight last time, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a bit more safety to Gonzalez and a bit more upside to Archer, I will say, so I may end up on both of them in that tier here, especially now you know, Noah's out for sure. I mean, that, well, not out for sure, I shouldn't say. But with that weather scare being there, I'm probably going to cross them off my list here. Um, so that might put both Gonzalez and Archer definitely in a lineup or two here. But again, if you're looking for cash, I'd go Gonzalez and Archer in GPPs. Marco Gonzalez in the season, 17.7% strikeouts. That's bad. Versus lefties, 12.3%. That is terrible. Yeah. But it comes all the way up to 19.5% versus righties. Reverse pussy. 
and he is facing uh, more righties than lefties, like whatever. And, you know, obviously this Detroit team strikes out like a pretty good bit, 24.8% uh, of the time, uh, you know, as far as this lineup tonight. And there's some case at the top as well with, uh, you know, Hicks batting fifth at 33%, Reyes at 28%, Lugo at 27%. Those are smaller samples for what it's worth. But, you know, hey, you got to roster two of these dudes. And after Kershaw, it gets dicey really fast. Nola with the weather, we shall see. Uh, you got Keller and his ground balls versus St. Louis. You got Keiko and his ground balls versus the Mets. Neither guy, you know, strikes out many dudes, but they will generate some ground balls. Uh, if Babbitt's on their side, I suppose they can be okay. Uh, you know, Elias or Hernandez, I, sus I suspect people are going to step down to him just because he's super cheap, and he has flashed uh, an ability to strike guys out in the minor leagues. He had, like, uh, this season, AAA, 40 innings or so, 69 strikeouts, which is nice. Uh, and in the majors, he's been absolutely walloped by lefties. And the Dodgers, what do they have? They have a lot of lefties. So, you know, either stack up those Dodgers or, or roster some Elias or Hernandez and hope like things kind of work out in your favor and everything just kind of dies in the warning track. But it's squeamish for sure. What do we like down here, Pepsi? I mean, speaking with Hernandez, I think you said it right. And that's, I'm playing both sides of this. I'm going to have some Hernandez. I'm going to have some Dodgers. Not in the same lineup, of course. Um, I think that's how you play it because the, the value is good there. And Hernandez is certainly capable of having a big game. But again, those Dodgers lefties are, are, are dangerous and I want to get a piece of them as well. I'm not really interested in Keller or Keiko for the ground balls. These are GP. I'm mostly playing GBPs here tonight. So, you know, actually I'm playing all GBPs tonight. You don't cash me. So these guys just don't have the upside for me. Um, I don't hate Keiko's an SP2 in cash. I think if you want to be safe with a, with a Kershaw Keiko um, situation here, that would be fine. In the middle there, I think Steve Matz has got some more upside in comparison to Keiko and Keller. But uh, the Atlanta line's top. But they do strike out top 10 in baseball versus lefty. So some potential there as well. But I think that Dylan Peters, who you didn't mention, is very similar to, to Keiko. The price point is not a big savings. But I think Peters could find himself on a quality start, too. He's an average pitcher. You know, Pittsburgh's awful versus uh, lefties. They don't walk. I mean, there's a quality start to be had there. So... In terms of tournaments, maybe Hernandez is the guy you pay down for because the striker potential is there, but he's really risky. Whereas Peters, if you're only playing one or two lineups and you want something a little safer that's cheap, I think Peters is probably a little safer. Yeah, uh, and none of these guys were excited about, right? Like, to, to be clear, like, you're not happy clicking the button, but, like, you got to click the button to kind of make things work. And I didn't mean to discard Peters. He's no worse than the guys I mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> he might be better, like you said. Uh, I, I don't disagree. Uh, just kind of make things, whatever kind of sort of works and kind of cross your fingers there. And hopefully the, the old Babbitt gods are on your side. Uh, I'm firing up curious as far as ownership percentage on hitters today, how, how heavy it's going to be because yeah, uh, obviously these are fluid Pepsi uh, and they will be updated the closer we get the lock. They'll be more precise, but you know, no, no surprise here. One, two, three, four, five, the first five guys, as far as ownership percentage, what team do they play for Pepsi? So I was reading the chat here. I didn't uh, hear what you said. None of that? <laughs> I, I wanted off of the part, but uh, pretty much <laughs> all of that. What's going on in chat? Anything eventful? I uh, just tell him Machado's attitude and what he's doing. Obviously, I'm not watching the games right now, so I was curious what was going on there. I was trying to find out what happened with Machado, but uh, we know this guy's a bit of a, a bit of a dick anyway, so I'm not surprised. Oh, look at that. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Seen Spike, what's his face, and all these. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not. Oh, a did, did he slide in, the, in second base against somebody? Is that a thing? Well, last year's playoffs. I still can't get over that. Remember when he spiked? Um, oh, when he ran the first base, he purposely per, uh, purposely spiked somebody. I forget who it was now, but he's done some real dickish things the last couple of years. 
Yeah, uh, I, I'm getting a flashback. It's not fully coming. In. I feel like the Dodgers were. Impl- he was a Dodger last year, right? And yeah, I'm trying to think. It was was it was it Boston last year? I don't recall now. Oh, I, I, I forget now. It's a little it's a little hazy for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, it's funny as Jisman also says Dean. I was also in the chat and didn't hear what you said. So I'm not the only one apparently. Thanks, Jisman. You're my boy. <laughs> and I'm getting flashbacks to watching Screwball again, and you realize how disliked A Rod was at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, he comes off this uh, major league baseball comes off terrible. Everybody in this movie comes off terrible, but watch, watch screwball on Netflix. I'm, there's no endorsement. for If you want another reason to hate A-Rod, there it is. Yeah. We're sponsored of course, by fantasy draft. We're not sponsored by Netflix or by Poopery, but uh, smash the over on the Poopery mentions today, by the way, for what it's worth. The point I was making is that the, you know, we'll talk about hitters in a second, obviously is that, the top five hitters as far as ownership projection today are playing for the Mariners and like Edwin Jackson, potentially the worst pitcher at all of baseball. We surveyed a hundred people and survey says he is according to your survey, at least. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to disagree with it, but like he can go out there with the old smokes, uh, smoke and mirrors and kind of sort of survive. I suppose. Like we said, the Babbitt gods were on his favor his last start. He wasn't like missing bats or anything. He gave some hard hits, but they were right at people. And we see all the time where, you know, uh, a third base won't go in there and mop up a game and he'll have a clean inning just because, you know, it's as bad as a pitcher sign may be, uh, you know, the odds are the pitcher is going to get the hitter out, out almost every single time, like more so than the hitter getting a hit. No hitter bats over 500, right? Um, yeah, that's our mention of batting average of the day. And I, I don't know, I, I just might have an, an Edwin Jackson lineup. This is sort of what I was getting at. What <laughs> happened? <laughs> As an SP2. If, and like, if, if you're making 20-plus tonight, six-game slate, sure. But yeah. if you're making under 10, I, I still wouldn't go that route. There's I'm no going to have one. There either, though. Like, there's just – I mean, I, I don't understand. Seattle can strike out, but Emma Jackson's not striking anybody yet. 13% or something? The upside, Pepsi, is is that he does better than Elias Hernandez is, like, negative five. He does better than, like, Hudson's, like, four. Uh, you know, eighty puts up like 10 or 12, which is possible. And also in this lineup, there'd be no Mariners. That's the idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I'm not going to get that would be 20 lines deep for me. And, and I understand it all, but uh, I can't see both. I can't see him beating both Hudson and Hernandez. One of those guys pitches better than him. By no means this an endorsement, just to be clear. <laughs> no way. Just, blenders with you. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's something I, I that's a, maybe that's, that's sort of his mentality rubbing off of me because I imagine that's something he would do as well. And, also, because it's a short slate, there's less guys yet to beat. I wouldn't do it on a 15-game slate because there's so many dudes he has to beat, but he just has to sort of survive uh, and, you know, be in the realm of uh, these other characters that aren't particularly good either. Summarize the arms, Pepsi. Yeah, so with Nola having some weather concerns, it's still Kershaw for me at the top. When the Marlins are terrible, terrible. They don't strike out a ton versus lefties. I still see a K for ending in here. Kershaw also has an extreme pitches umpire. And there's no other pitcher we really love or feel safe about. So I think that Kershaw is your guy, especially in cash as your SP1, assuming that you can get there. Uh, Hamels has got a concern with the pitch count. I don't love it. Marco Gonzalez feels safe to me. And I don't even mind him on FanDuel, I guess, as a cash game pitcher if you must. I think he's fairly safe there. He's back-to-back gems, as Dean alluded to. He's a little reverse splitsy. And Detroit's all right-handed. So that could work out pretty well for him. I will say that Archer in that mid-tier has more upside likely. But I prefer Gonzalez in that matchup. We're passing on Keller and Keiko for the most part. If you want a guy that's just going to throw a quality start with a handful of Ks, I think Dylan Peters is cheaper, and he has similar upside versus Pittsburgh. So I don't mind that here. And if you're digging down the bottom here, 
Dean's going to have to have Jackson. I'm not playing enough laps to get there, although I understand it. 20 deep. I would say the upside guy is, is Hernandez here. He's got to strike up a tantrum for another little bit more. I guess you got the Peters for that safety. Okay, a couple things. Uh, I'm going to have one Edwin Jackson, not some. <laughs> Who are you pairing him with? Like, is that an I'm getting all the bad? Kershaw. Kershaw. Okay, so you're not going to go Kershaw. And then, like, not have Mariners. That's all. And hope he gets, like, 12 points. Which your is boy, a your boy, Edwin Jackson. I, I, it's, I'm not taking a stand on him by any means. And as far as Marco Gonzalez, he has not had back-to-back gems. It's kind of, kind of a meatloaf deal. Uh, two out of his last three games, he's been very good. Uh, the he got beat up by Houston pretty good, which is – that's forgivable because Houston's really good at baseball. The last four, then. How about that? There you go. But then I can't use the meatloaf reference, and, like, 80-year-old yeah. people can't get my reference. <laughs> Why did that have to be 80? I mean, Neil has got some good songs. You could just be a fan of music. Well, because that song has not come out since – when was that song released? Like 1972 or something? I don't know. Well, which one? I mean, well, he said – Two out of three, bad. That was the reference. Then they came back with uh, Anything for Love in the early 90s. I mean, there's – But I won't do that. And I guess you probably won't, but uh, – Well, that was finishing the lyric. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I followed you. <laughs> oh, goodness. But um, – I mean, I know who Babe Ruth is, and I'm not 120. I mean, you can oh. still know, you know, history. Do the kids these days know who Meatloaf is? Or maybe they know him from Fight Club, and even that. Fight Club's like an old movie for them as well, so uh, I don't know. They probably don't know who Meatloaf is, I don't think. No. I mean, I, I, it was the other day, my, my nephew's 21, and it was a few days ago, we were talking about the Beatles, and one of his friends, I think maybe four of them were here, asked who the Beatles were, and I went, yeah. dude, you got to kidding me. I mean, so if they don't know who the Beatles are, there's certainly people that doesn't don't know Fight Club and uh, and what else were we talking about? Meatloaf. Meatloaf, yeah. Yeah. By the way, yeah. do you like Meatloaf? Not the band. I'm okay no. with the, the food no. itself. Who eats Meatloaf? No, I, I don't know. Who's up meat? meat? Like, why do I want that? No, I don't want that. Last time I was at uh... ah, the Meatloaf. <laughs> That's the best Meatloaf ever. I don't know what she's doing back there. <laughs> Last time I was at Cheesecake Factory, somebody beside me ordered the Meatloaf. Oh, like people have the meatloaf. That's how, uh, you know, you know, that's, that's a menu from Cheesecake Factory. Dude, we're not here for the meatloaf. We're here for the bread and the cheesecake and maybe a little mac and cheese. I never got to that part in the menu as far as the, meat, the meatloaf section. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty imposing menu for sure. Uh, Going to talk some sticks here, Pepsi. Uh, give, me, give me a core play, uh, a team. Uh, what are we looking at? Who's uh, going to be like the, at the focus as far as your lineups? Team Girth, your boy, Daniel Vogelbach. Um, you know, we're talking patience. We're talking power. We're mostly talking gas chem. I Evan Jackson in a terrible, terrible Tigers bullpen. So give me all the Mariners. Vogelbach is my one guy if I, had to, if I had to pick. He's got great numbers versus righties so far this season. Again, he likes to get on base. He's got the power we like. Not a lot of Mariners bats we love, but they're all really reasonably priced. And you can make an argument for at least two or three of these guys and, and really – I'm okay playing anybody, but Vogelbach is the guy I want with top. The chat's talking about meatloaf now and the food, not the, not the singer. I don't think anybody knows the singer is apparently. But they're, <laughs> all, they're all fired up at the food. And what makes a good meatloaf? Like, what's the key? I'm asking the chat because I, don't, I, I haven't discovered it just yet. I haven't, to be, it's a small sample size. I haven't tried it often. Yeah, I'm with you. I, it I never took for me for whatever reason. I might have only had it two or three times and just didn't care for it. I don't think it's awful. I just don't think I need to eat it again. And is, also, it, is it mostly hamburger? Is that right? I think it's like it's beef and like and like I think they throw a lot of eggs in there and I know it's like polished off with like a bunch of ketchup on top, which seems kind of weird. Like they bake ketchup on top, I think. At least that's the way I've seen it done before. When it, it goes the other way, you're saying it, but it just doesn't taste that way. I don't know. I could be wrong on this, but the, the chat's gonna clarify for sure. Maybe we have a, I, I don't know, the naked chef or something like that lurking in chat for us or something like that. I don't know why it's the guy 
The, who's the most likely character to be lurking in chat as far as famous chefs? I was trying to think of the guy with the hair and the spikes and the diners and driving. What's his name? What's the... Oh, yeah, yeah, the blonde guy. Guy Fieri. There you go. Devin in my ear. Deep strain all over that. Hey, we don't say he's multitasking ironically. He's all over it. He's, he, he's listening more than you are, Pepsi. He's reading chat. He actually knows the conversation that's going on. It's like you're Howard Stern. He's Robin. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. sure he'll love that reference. <laughs> Yes, you're my uh, creepy Richard Christie or something like that. But uh, all right. Uh, wow. wow. Just because I'm Canadian? I love Richard Christie. He's Can great. I be Artie? I prefer to be Artie. Oh, it's so sad what's happening with Artie. I'm not sure if you're keeping up with things, but uh, things don't look good for him. Definitely wish him well. He's no longer on the show. I'm not sure if you're aware. I'm aware. Um, Pepsi, catchers. Uh, Omar Navarez is, you know, he's, yep. a, he's in a Mariners jersey and he's going to be facing the Jackson today. And, you know, I don't know if I can get there. It's he's a little bit pricey. I will say on Fanduel, he's probably like a core play. He's like two six over there. But on DK and on Fantasy Draft, he's a little bit more pricey. Uh, that's my starting point as far as catchers. Where else are you looking? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, pretty much every Mariner we're going to be on because of the reasonable price point in the matchup here. I mean, again, price point forty two on DK. That's fantastic. You know, you don't need a catcher on, on Fantasy Draft or on um, on uh, Fanduel, but you can certainly go that route. I think that. Uh, Ramuto is interesting. If we don't feel like Hamels is back, I don't have to pick on Hamels. Ramuto is interesting for the same price point, and that's a nice little pivot off of him. And outside of that, maybe a John Hicks, you know, versus Gonzalez. I don't really love it though. But Navarra's hitting third at a reasonable price point, and I'm not making more than six lineups. I'm going to say, yeah. So I don't know that I get off of Navarra. So of course, some fan, I'm, I'm sorry, on DraftKings, it's likely the only time you you you're going to play a catcher here. But nah, maybe not. On Fanduel, I think but it's Fanduel. You play Navarra's. Yeah, especially when I'm going to have a lot of Kershaw. I'll probably end up on him more than I think. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that I need, need anybody else other than Navarez, to be honest. Yeah, it's 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 gross for sure. Uh, if you're making some stacks, to, uh, you know, finish off your stack with a catcher. Lots of answers, by the way, in chat. A1 on meatloaf is money, apparently. Parmesan cheese, eggs, garlic powder, uh, and breadcrumbs. Yeah, I guess breadcrumbs. Kind of forgotten that stuff. The Peppers and onions, too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And that's a lot of stuff in one thing. Worcestershire sauce. I don't know if I butcher. I think that's how you say that. That's spicy, isn't it? I'm out if it's spicy. I am. I am it's fun to say. I don't think it's fun Maybe to eat. Spice, man. I had you, a couple of guys didn't realize you've been to my place and we've done some road trips and hung out quite a bit. But Dean's a baby when it comes to spice. I like a little kick in my food and he's a baby. Dude, I'm right here, man. Well, yeah. it's, it's probably a nicer way of saying that. No? I just got to be honest with the people. You're a baby when it comes to spice. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you mentioned Cheesecake Factory. Some would argue that what you order at Cheesecake Factory, a baby might also order at Cheesecake Factory. Hey, like I said, Cheesecake Factory to me is all about hammer at least a couple pieces of cheesecake for as often as I get this. You can't fill up in a big meal. little side dish of mac and cheese, a few pieces of bread, lots of room left for cheesecake. So, And when you order your macaroni and cheese, how many uh, shots of ketchup do you demand? At least three. Now, why? The Cheesecake Factory is not fancy. Why can't there just be a ketchup on the table? I love to mix the ketchup in, make it all creamy with my mac and cheese. Really picky about it. Why do I got to order like these shot glasses? Like, it's not fancy. You can't have ketchup on the table. You got to bring them up little shot glasses. I mean, come on, people. Put a ketchup on the table. Make oh. it easy. Ketchup and macaroni and cheese is just, oh, it sounds gross. You made fun of that last time, but I think the majority of the chat, and of course, we're going to find out. The majority of the chat, I think, liked ketchup with their mac and cheese. Let's find out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm gonna tweet it out. I'm going to tweet it out a poll later on today, and we'll see where you stand on that because uh, I, I feel like you're in the minority in that. We shall see. I think, I don't, I think I'll lose in terms of, you know, I mean, <laughs> more people are going to say without ketchup, but I still think ketchup hits 38 to 
<laughs> I'll take the under. Okay. Uh, first base, Pepsi. We already mentioned Daniel Vogelbach, Vogelbach, CEO of Team Girth here. Batting six, by the way. And that could be the difference between getting four at-bats or five at-bats. I know it doesn't sound like much, but that, that definitely could sway things. And I will – I love Vogelbach. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find a way not to play him because he's going to be crazy heavily owned tonight for all the right reasons. But, like, give me the potential pivots away from Vogelbach. Is it Goldie? Is it Hoskins if that game plays clean? I'm looking for pivots off of Vogelbach, and it's not, it's not a lot of fun. Yeah, you're looking for that. I'm looking in the chat here. So, yep, that's me. Heck yeah, Pepsi. Mac and cheese and ketchup is the bomb. I got a couple more ketchups on everything here from Breed, 3TM. So, so far I'm winning this, but it's really early. We should pull the competition right now. And I would I, definitely be I a, feel like you're being very selective as far as who you're featuring. Yeah, I see a couple negative ones here, but I'm going to skip over those, Dean, because we're <laughs> first base here. And I'm with you. Outside of Vogelbach, I don't love the pivots. Again, you can go to Hoskins. Some of these righties for Philadelphia are interesting. You know, we talked with the Dodgers, lefties being in play. Uh, Jock Peterson, Max Muncy, first base eligible, where they are, of course. They're awful expensive, but they are the pivots, you know. Um, I don't have to use Rizzo versus Nola, but again, we know Nola, if he's going to struggle, it's versus uh, the lefties. But I would probably say that, and, and Goldschmidt, too, is always in play at a good price versus Keller. So for me, I would probably say that it, it's definitely Vogelbach one. Outside of that, I'm probably going with Dodgers. I'm going to pay up with the Dodgers to be a little different. And I certainly don't mind Hoskins or Goldschmidt, but they probably don't make my list of my five or six GBPs tonight. Yeah, and Keller is always a weird guy to pick on because he doesn't give up a ton of fly balls, doesn't give up a ton of homers, less than one homer per nine this year. Uh, not a great pitcher, obviously, and he's been a little bit lucky as far as homer on the fly ball. Of course, he's protected by that ballpark to some extent. But, yeah, sure, I have no issue pivoting to Goldie. And, and you talk about, you know, we talked about Elias Hernandez, small sample of Pepsi, 82 at-bats this year versus lefties. Uh, but 12.2% as far as walks, that's not good. The ISO is 333, which is a disaster. Uh, and 410 Woba, even worse. I mean, both those things. Uh, I was looking at his uh, amount of home runs he gave up. I think it's like six homers. It's only 18 innings. It's like six homers and 18 innings, give or take, something like that. But uh, and we, the Dodgers, what they do have is a ton of lefty powers. So for sure. Uh, and I could forgive Jock. I, again, he might get the hook once again in the sixth or seventh or eighth inning or something like that. The situation calls for it. The Marlins do have some lefties lurking in that pen. Uh, but I do agree, Muncy probably a better play as well. What do you have for me as far as the old keystone position, second base? I think Jock would appreciate you forgiving him, by the way. <laughs> he cares. Yeah, I'm sure he cares. Second base, I'm looking to save some money. I mean, again, you can play Muncy here. You can play Albies, you know. Uh, again, with uh, it's the same idea with uh, Atlanta. I don't have to pick on Mats, but I think they're interested in the righties there. And, and Albies does smash lefties, so he's interesting. But you're looking for some value. And Tim Lopes is a guy for Seattle, batting lower in the order, but decent average. He's got some speed, not a lot of pop, but he's a guy that's really interesting. He's quite cheap. He's really cheap on FanDuel. I want to say 2100 Um, So he's the cheap option at second base. And I like him over a guy like Tony Kemp. I know Kemp's leading off. He's a lefty. We've yeah. got some other concerns there. Uh, and Kemp's fine. But I'd rather pick on Edwin Jackson and Detroit's bullpen than, than I would Nola here, even though you know Kim's betting first and Lopes is betting seventh. So Lopes is the guy. I think D. Gordon's interesting as well. I know D. Gordon can still swipe the base, and he gets on a couple times. He can score a couple runs. Um, he's still cheap as well. I don't even think Kim and Newman batting leadoff. Hello, Newman. <laughs> Newman. But, uh, <laughs> I think he's a decent option, too, at a reasonable price point. But, uh, yeah, so we've got some options there. But more often than not, I'm going to save the money of Lopes. We talk about uh, Devin being a fabulous multitasking producer. One of the things he's doing is dropping terrible food combinations in chat. Uh, scrambled egg sandwich with peanut butter 
And he said he used to have that before tennis practice, Pepsi. Wow. Can you defend this? No, see, again, I can put ketchup on my eggs if they're scrambled. I don't think I would do it any other way. Scrambled eggs, a bit of ketchup. I know it sounds like I'm putting ketchup on everything. I don't use a lot of ketchup, to be honest. French fries, scrambled eggs, mac and cheese, I'm good. And if you do the, um, if you do the, uh, yeah, it's probably it for me, really, I guess. Oh, grilled cheese. Grilled cheese as well, I guess. But uh, no, you can't put peanut butter. I love peanut butter, and I love eggs. I don't, I mean, to each their own, but I'm not putting peanut butter with my eggs, no. Yeah, it seems a little goofy. I'm not on board with it. To be fair, I've never tried it, but, like, I don't think I want to try it. Speaking of peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? Oh, smooth. Not even a conversation. Oh, crunchy all the way. I feel like I would lose that one, too. But, again, I think I could hit 38 to 40%. So, after, <laughs> can you put them both up? The, the, the ketchup and mac and cheese and the smoother, crunchy peanut butter? Yeah, we can do, we're not peanut butter compatible, unfortunately. If we, if we were roommates, we'd have to have two different jars of peanut butter. Yeah, and we would. <laughs> do you use the, you don't do the finger thing, do you? Don't stick my finger in the peanut butter jar? Yeah, you, it, no. this is the thing people do. Okay, I'm not, I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying I've seen yeah, that's disgusting. I wouldn't do that. I mean, obviously, for it doesn't matter. If I'm the only one eating it, I think it can be different, but that still doesn't mean I'm putting my finger in there. No, that's not for me. Yeah, I'm already chased away. You don't have to put your finger in the peanut butter to, to, to kind of like claim that. As your <laughs> uh, hot corner, third base, Pepsi. Kyle Seeger, who was absolutely in a horrific spot last night. I will say that to my death. Uh, he had three homers, though. One of those homers, of course, wasn't legit. And earlier in that game, by the way, our boy Daniel Vogelbach had a double where I think it was the same left fielder. I'm not sure if it was left fielder or center fielder who kind of knocked that ball to the fence. But I think it was the center fielder, actually. Well, it was the left fielder who goofed uh, like he – it, it, they, it, to kind of open the floodgates for Boyd, uh, he, they both kind of went for the ball. And they both kind of stopped and they hit off his glove and they gave it a double for some goofy reason. But all right, I'm not bitter about it. I'm still upset about having too much Boyd last night. <laughs> what was I thinking? So stupid. I regret the decision immediately. Uh, so, yeah, Seeger, another Mariner that obviously is in play here versus Ejax. Give me the pivots. I mean, Donaldson, again, we're, we're talking about some of these Braves versus lefties. Donaldson's got the home run upside we're looking for. Justin Turner as well. Even though we prefer the lefties, I think you could throw a Turner in there. And, and really, I'm not too thrilled with third base, to be honest. Matt Carpenter maybe in that six hole is interesting. But for the most part, I think I'm just using Seager. The price point is great. The matchup is great. I don't love any of the third basemen. Again, my lineups are going to be Seattle heavy tonight. I'm not making enough to need necessarily get all that contrarian. I'm going to work that with just mixing things around and with my pitchers here for the most part. So Seager by a landslide, I would say Donaldson and Turner after that. <laughs> Devin and then chats letting us know that we're kind of sort of running behind on time. Not really, kind of sort of somewhat, but uh, it's such a short slate. And uh, you, you know, could you interrupt us, Dean. We'd be better off. Yeah, if he just stopped talking about gross, we couldn't not acknowledge eggs and peanut butter as a combination platter. We had he's killing off. He's like I think he's being diabolical. He's like a, he's like a mole working from the inside trying to. That one's on you, D Train. <laughs> Give me shortstop Pepsi. Your position. I mean, it's cheapies again. I mean, we mentioned Newman. Newman. Is that too long of a pause there for Newman? I mean, leading off, he's a, he's a decent option, reasonable price. Corey Seager, again, another lefty dodger bat. But J.B. Crawford sitting in the two-hole. I mean, not a lot of power here, but multi-hit upside, multi-run upside. He's cheap as well. So those are your three main options. I'd rank them Crawford, Seager, and Newman. Newman. I was resting my arm before. That's why I was relaxed. I was like, oh, this is comfortable. And then you say Newman, and I was prompted. Go ahead. Uh, is that it for shortstop? We're done? I left it to you. I just want to see those forearms yours work again, Newman. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm covering them up because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to Popeye's see. over there. Popeye's over there. 
Oh man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not particularly great. You know, Crawford batting second versus Ajax is, Ajax is certainly a you know makes a lot of sense, especially at a reasonable price. We talked about lefties versus Hernandez. Uh, you know, not a great ballpark, but I'm, I'm definitely into the Dodgers. And if I'm stacking them up, I have no issue getting to him. Uh, Baez, if you want to spend up versus Nola, for sure, that's in play. And again, we need the all clear as far as weather. But at least from what I was uh, reading, it looks like it's most likely more of a delay threat as opposed to a postponed threat. But again, don't speak to me as far as that. Don't take my word on it. See what Roth has to say in 12 minutes or we step aside in 12 minutes. Plenty of time. Don't worry about it. Uh, we'll knock out some questions in chat. You guys can start loading those up in a few minutes. But uh, Roth will clarify what's going down on crunch time, which starts 6-15 on the, on the East Coast. Take you guys all up to lock. And, of course, one cheese is good. We'll answer all your baseball-related questions. And maybe some food-related questions, too, because why Why not? It's a, it's a full six-game slate, and they have, like, 50 minutes. So cheese will be – by the way, you know this, cheese, not a big fan of cheese ironically named you know this or no you know it's interesting d train's gonna love this i just read something in the chat from melissa here just watched a squirrel pick up a mushroom and ran away with it i didn't even know they ate mushrooms <laughs> talk about your um jack handy and your uh deep thoughts, <laughs> deep thoughts with jack handy totally off topic d train thought you'd like that one i just out of nowhere comes that well done melissa give me some outfielders and once again we're back in seattle or you know uh, Malik's and Santana for sure against Ejax are obviously in play. You got Kyle, uh, you got Keon Broxton, who, you know, he's got a little bit of wheels. He's got some pop as well, historically. Uh, of course, he strikes out a ton too, but Ejax just does not miss many bats. So that, you know, suggests that he will probably put the ball in play. The aforementioned Jock Jams, who has since been forgiven for getting the hook every single game, <laughs> but up the game with a homer, and it doesn't really matter. Bellinger, if you want to spend up for sure. Beatty jumping all the way up to the six hole in this lineup because it's kind of watered down uh no will smith today uh will smith is a you can't make any bad will smith coming to miami puns unless he hits a pitch hit dong or something like that uh, Ooh, you'd be getting jiggy with it wouldn't you oh stop pepsi really that's it we're out when d-trade's booing you you're in trouble the chat can't hear it. That's just for you to hear. He's just personally booing you. I'm just saying, I got booed by the producer. That's that's pretty bad. That's After all the things we did in this show. I mean, dude, you're eating eggs with peanut butter and you're booing me? Come on, D-Train. Give me some outfielders, Pepsi. Uh, I got the Seattle Mariners, number one. Your Dodgers, especially your lefties like Ballinger, number two here. The Angels are interesting. Angels in the outfield. Oh, because no. Archer's capable of getting blown up. I mean, I'm not targeting Trout or Otani or, or Calhoun necessarily, but you know, Angels as a stack are kind of interesting. Um, and then three Ram dudes again for you. You got Ronald Acuna, Dexter Fowler, and again, Tony Kemp. Uh, so Fowler and Kemp are cheaper options off of Tim Lopes, so I do like also Elf eligible. But uh, Acuna is like that one-off guy that I'd like to play outside of the stacks in the outfield. You know, this is something I feel like I should have done in my own time, but is it Tim Lopez or Lopes? Do we know? It's Lopes. I do know, yes. Is that Davy Lopes's kid? That I don't know. Actually, I never really looked into that. I mean, we don't like Tim Lopes, but we do like Tim Lopes. All right, fair enough. And when you mentioned Angels in the outfield, all I can think of was like Danny Glover and Tony Danza, and I'm glad I didn't make a terrible reference to that. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump on the screen share and uh, chat, start loading up some questions. Pepsi, I know you're always prepared. You have uh, your list of guys that are going to homer, your favorite stacks as well. I want somebody off the board as far as Seattle, by the way. Don't give me a... So don't just give me Seattle. Give me somebody else. But, again, I'll take a second on that because I want to fire up the old uh, lineup HQ. I refreshed it. I want to see what we have as far as ownership, anything sort of goofy, anything sort of changing. As far as our K-props, not surprising. 
Well, maybe a little bit surprising. We got Nola at the top at seven and a half and Kershaw at six and a half. But to be fair, their, their projections are kind of sort of about the same because if you get the juice, uh, the juice for Kershaw is on the over and the juice for Nola is on the under. So they both kind of meet around seven. Uh, and then we do have Archer at six and a half, which is interesting against the Angels. There's no feist in there, which I was hoping for from an Archer perspective because he will strike out a fair bit. So, uh, of course, there's no Andrew Food Simmons either. So this lineup will strike out a little bit more than their, their reputation suggests. Uh, anything here, any hot takes as far as the K props? And we also, of course, have the uh, umpire data, Pepsi, which you kind of referenced a couple times as far as the extremes. What are you seeing here in lineup HQ as far as pitchers? I go over on Kershaw for the K prop. I go under on Nola just because of how patient the Cubs can be. We might have a delay possibility there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can sneak in and get that as well. And, um, I mean, I already love Kershaw. I love the fact that he has an extreme pitches umpire. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's the only uh, thing I have here, too. I think that Marco Gonzalez at four and a half is an over as well in the K prop. I want to see the hitter ownership because, again, it's going to be Seattle heavy for sure. And this is a the old leverage slate. You know, we have this team ownership, uh, you know, uh, the number as well. And it's a pretty clear distinction from first to second. The team ownership projection at now like, is 5% points higher uh, on Seattle as opposed to the second highest team, which, of course, looks like Atlanta, which doesn't surprise me either. Acuna, I think, is a really solid play for tournaments. You mentioned Donaldson as well. Uh, you know, Flowers isn't a terrible punt play as far as catcher. I wouldn't say he's a punt, but he's kind of sort of the mid-tier, I suppose. And we are seeing the ownership, uh, you know, creeping up there as far as Seattle. Trout's kind of jumped up to 30%. That's interesting. I don't know how I, – I, I'll take the under on that one, Pepsi. I don't know how – Absolutely. I mean, I get it. Trout's the best play because there's not a lot of bats you need to pay up for. So, I get he's still a great play. But Archer's not that easy of an opponent. And uh, if you get the Kershaw, that makes Trout tough. So, I, I definitely think he's under as well. I like Otani, uh, for the record, more so than Trout, like dollar for dollar. And Archer, of course, yields more homers to lefties than righties. Oh, we do want to get this in before uh, the show's over, obviously, Pepsi. Devin, go ahead and drop the link in chat. You guys know about it. We talk it all the time as far as the uh, the RG. You know, you rock the RG avatar. You finish in the top ten of certain contests. You get to one month of Rotor Grinders Premium. We want to give a shout-out to those that have signed up. We got Touchdown Jesus. Yeah. We got, we got Gophers fan 072. Where, where do the Gophers play, Pepsi? Let's test your college football knowledge. I assume oh. you do this. This is yeah. not your wheelhouse. It's close no, to you. It's not my wheelhouse. I did all right last time we did some NCAA. We talked about that. I did I did all right, I think. But I, I can't remember the Gophers. Minnesota. They're not just regular Gophers. I believe they're Golding Gophers. Which yes, is... that makes sense, too. <laughs> How does that make sense? Give me some stacks. Give me some homers. Fire away. Uh, Seattle's my top stack. I know you want to hear it. I think the Dodgers are interesting as well. Maybe they don't pay up for the Dodgers tonight versus Hernandez in that ballpark. And Atlanta probably comes in third for me. Uh, I just want to mention the Angels as well. I, I think if you're not on Archer, you could certainly stack the Angels. Home runs, Trout at the top. It's just who else are you paying for? I'm going Trout. Vogel back in the mid tier. Tim Lopes for value. And my jack of the bag, Malik Smith. Jack of the bag. Ooh, I like that. Uh, not a lot of pop for Malik. Maybe an inside no. of Parker. Who knows? Uh, he's got a little bit. A little bit of pop. Uh, let's, fine, let's knock out some questions from chat here, uh, Pepsi, before we step aside and get out of here. Devin's uh, got a bunch here from YouTube. Uh, feel free to like and subscribe over there. Uh, rank these stacks. I know you just did stacks, but Seattle, Atlanta, and the Dodgers. Uh, you won't, you know. <laughs> I'm fine with that order. I mean, I, you could flip flop LA or Atlanta, but I think if you want, I mean, that's they could go either way for me. Uh, is Lagaris viable for the Mets in a tournament play? And like, this is one of those questions. Like, you know what you're getting. You know he's not good. Um, but like, you know, you're if you're, are you okay playing Lagaris if it makes everything else you have work? 
I'm, I'm always okay with that. If you have to punt in one position, but love everything else, because whatever, you got a good picture and you double stacked or whatever you did, I'm okay with that one punt. Um, you know, Laguerre's batting eight versus a ground ball pitcher. It doesn't have a whole lot of upside. I mean, that's not maybe the top option, but, uh, you know, maybe over in DK where he's 2.3, that, I'm fine with it. Again, if it makes everything else work, yes. If that's your second punt, you need to rebuild. Yeah, they were specific as far as DK. Like, he's cheap over there. He's cheap on fantasy draft as well. Uh, and, like, that 2K floor is really, really – it kind of opens things up. We talked about Elias Hernandez as an SB2 and DK potentially or on fantasy draft as well. How about on Fandle? I'm not on it on Fandle. I don't think it's necessary. And we talk about Marco Gonzalez being kind of cheap over there. He seems to be the better, uh, you know, lower uh, price player as far as pitchers. Elias here on Fandle? No for me. Uh, who is it, sorry? Elias Hernandez. Oh, yeah. We don't need to go that road on, on Hernandez there. Sorry, I missed the beginning of that. No, I, I don't mind as an SP2 in tournaments on DK just to be interesting. But, uh, no, I think on Fandle, you're right. Marco Gonzalez gets it done. If you're looking for value, Tim Lopes uh, – Navarez, two really cheap. The Seattle bats open things up. If you want to go Kershaw or even if you want to go to Gonzalez with those two bats, you pretty much can afford anybody you want after that. What about Dylan Peters on FanDuel? Can he grind out 35 points? Ooh, I just, you know what? For $600 more, you get a lot more upside on Gonzalez and probably a safer pitcher. I prefer Peters as SP2 with Kershaw on DK or Fantasy Draft. I think that Gonzalez is as low as I would go on FanDuel in cash. And a tournament... Again, anything's playable, but I still think Gonzalez is a much better play than Peters or uh, Hernandez. In a vacuum in the old Hoover, what do you have for me, Muncie or Albies? Wow, love both tonight. Um, love's a strong word tonight, of course. I'll go Albies first. Yeah, uh, I'll take Albies for the tie because uh, he's got stolen base ability, and despite the fact Matt's is a lefty, he's vulnerable to getting stolen on. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go ahead with that. Beatty versus Will- Wilson Ramos. I assume that's like a utility spot. Who's the first guy? Beatty on, uh, on the yeah, – I'll take Beatty. I mean, I, I like Beatty there. He's moved up in the order, too. I think he's about six tonight, maybe. Uh, yes. Uh, so we have Malix, the aforementioned jack-in-a-bag, versus Domingo Santana, who's got a lot of power but also strikes out a lot. But he's facing a guy who doesn't strike people out. Pick one for cash. For cash, it's probably Malix. Ooh, I think it is Malix. He's just safer, right? He gets on base, steals a bag, scores a run. Domingo's more boomer bust. Ooh. Um – but Domingo's one of those guys that has the multi-homer game can crush you, right? I mean, it's definitely Domingo and GPPs. It's a toss-up in cash. I would say Malik's is safer in cash. Uh, give me the dude that you're most afraid of having less than the field on. You know, the guy you're afraid of fading. The guy I'm afraid of fading. Um, Did you do the expert survey today? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of who that was. Um, Probably Trout. I think it is. Yeah, it is Trout I have there. Yeah, it's Trout. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it seems too obvious. But I'm going to have some Trout. But uh, he's always a scary fit, especially when nothing stands out. Again, I really like the Seattle Bats. But again, the Seattle Bats aren't great in general. So uh, not having enough Trout does scare me, yes. Are you okay with Edmund as a cheap, sec- cheap second baseman? I mean, we talked about Lopes being there and being cheaper. I like him a little better. I don't want to pick on Keller. But, you know, Edmund's batting too. The Rose bullpen's not bad. They're on the road. I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it. I just think that uh, I like Lopes a little better. He's a little cheaper. He must be playing on Yahoo because Edmund's expensive on DK, and he's kind of expensive on fantasy drafts. So unless he's super he's expensive, cheap. he's kind of mid-tier. But, yeah, I don't know much about Yahoo, unfortunately, as a Canadian. I still can't play there, so I can't help you on Yahoo. Yeah, well, that's, un- that's unfortunate. Maybe one day they'll get there. I know they're not in Florida either for whatever reason, too. I'm not sure if there's any other states. But, uh, Pepsi, that's the show. We're going to step aside. And get- oh, you know, who is your – Poopery play of the day. 
My poop rate played 18 girth. Your boy, Daniel. Volga. No, it's a guy who stinks, but like who's going to make oh, things happen? Oh, yes. I'm still trying to get my head around this whole thing. Edwin Jackson is the poop rate play of the day. And also old school gas can of the night. No, poopery play of the day means a guy that stinks, but that's going to get the job done. Well, okay, is, is he is he going to get the job done? He checks? No, I don't think he's getting the job done. Dylan Peters, then. How about that? <laughs> I don't understand this whole poopery thing. Well, we just, the sponsorship came up and sponsorship. Of course, Fantasy Draft is the sponsor of the show where uh, they have rake free DFS. Check that out. Um, but uh, yeah, Lopes. I just. If it's not, that's got to be a hitter, I'll take Tim Lopes and I'll take Dylan Peters as a pitcher. One more, Pepsi. Domingo or Jock? Domingo, easy. Summarize the slate. We're going to step, rise, step aside in just a second, obviously, for crunch time. You got Roth going to give you the update as far as what's going down, the weather uh, in Philly, everywhere else. If something else is kind of sort of lurking, of course, Jesus Good will answer all your baseball-related questions, Pepsi. Reiterate a point. Uh, maybe come up with something we, ha- we haven't stressed so much. What do you have for me? Cash games, it's Kershaw and Gonzalez, if I can make it work. If not, it's Kershaw and Peters. Extreme pitches on forever. Kershaw, no one's got weather delay, and I love the Seattle Mariners. He's Pepsi. I'm Dean. Fade the meatloaf. We're out of here. Holler. Holler.